Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and we first meet Amy Thorne, a mom and the 2022 March for Babies Ambassador Mom. Amy joins us to share a very personal story about giving birth prematurely and the existence of the NICU, the Newborn Intensive Care Unit, that made a world of difference for her family's life. Amy Thorne, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Good morning, Kate. Thank you. And first, congratulations. Uh, I think congratulations is the right word when you're selected to be the ambassador mom for March for Babies, although I think it comes certainly with some kind of price tag and yours uh, with your babies. Now, this is six years ago that this was all part of your story, your history. So there's a big price tag to receiving this honor, isn't there? Yes. So would you share with us how you became Ambassador Mom? What went on in your life back in 2015 and 2016? Well, I became pregnant in 2015, and we found out we were having twins, which was super exciting. My husband's family has twins. My grandmother was a twin, so it wasn't kind of unexpected that it could happen. So that was nice. And in January of 2016, I started becoming, having a weird rash that I developed and I started getting swollen, my ankles, my face started swelling and just kind of all over, didn't really feel that great, starting having some headaches. And I had a routine check at maternal fetal medicine in Everett um, on Wednesday, January 24th. And we discovered that baby B, which was Gunner, was measuring two weeks behind where he should be. With that, we had some additional testing, and I ended up getting admitted to the hospital. And they told me at that point that I would be delivering my twins. I take that back. I wouldn't be leaving the hospital until the twins were delivered. So I was only 24 weeks along in my pregnancy, and this was my first pregnancy too, by the way. So after some results from blood work, the doctors discovered I had health syndrome. And health syndrome stands for um, hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, and low platelet, platelet count. Um, health syndrome is not common in the second trimester. So my nurses said that some of the levels I had were the highest she had seen in her 25 years of nursing. So at this point, I was told that I might be delivering my twins that night and was rushed down to Swedish First Hill in Seattle by ambulance and my health was in so much danger as well as the babies Um, and health syndrome can only be basically help stopped with delivery of babies Um, there's medications but in the next few days was a complete blur my levels were up and up and down Um, holding steady with some of the medicine I was receiving I was getting blood taken from me every two to four hours so that they could check my levels to make sure I wasn't spiking again. But on the Friday night, my liver levels spiked really high again, and we knew that we had to get the babies out at that point. So they were delivered um, through an emergency C-section Saturday morning, February 27th at 1.22 and 1.23 a.m., and I was only 24 weeks and five days along. Um, Gunner Fox came out at one pound point nine ounces, and he was only ten and a half inches long. 
And Annalena Rain came out at 1 pound, 3.8 ounces, and she was 11.8 inches long. And they were both very tiny, but they came out squawking, so that was a good sign. Um, that's very uncommon for babies born that early. So tiny. Were you able yeah. to hold them at that time, Amy? I was not. We were barely able to see them before they were rushed up to the NICU um, to start their care to see how they were doing. Um, yeah. At that point, we weren't sure if we were going to be if the babies were going to live or what health issues they would have. I mean, I was thankful my husband was there and a rock star and totally was able to go upstairs with the kids in the elevators and such. And, you know, I had the C-section and I was under such sedation that I had kind of didn't really know what was happening, but I was able to be awake during my C-section. Thankfully, so I was able to see them before they were um, rushed upstairs. So, um, and I got into recovery and I don't know how much time had passed. I was still very, very ill. They were watching me very closely to make sure that my health was okay. And I'm honestly really thankful to be here. Because, yes, your life was hanging in the balance. Yes, yeah. And on that note, Amy, the condition, is it, it's called HELP? Yes, yes. So this syndrome... Was there something in in your family history that predisposed you? Did they give you any insights about that? Nope. I Not that I know of. Um, it is a lot of times people developed a preeclampsia or eclampsia before they develop help, but I had no um, development of those beforehand. It just went straight to help syndrome. And developing it in your second trimester is, is very uncommon. You develop it more in your third trimester and toward the end of it, um, or even after you give birth, you can also develop health syndrome or preeclampsia, so, or eclampsia. So for yourself, how long were you in this state that you were under such critical care because your life was hanging in the balance? Yeah, so I started developing some symptoms, like I said, a couple weeks beforehand. I developed a rash. I had had been developing headaches off and on, and we were watching that through my pregnancy, but I had had headaches off and on before getting pregnant as well. So they were kind of watching that, but then when I developed the rash and my face started swelling and my feet were swelling, which is common during pregnancy, but my hands were swelling that I couldn't even make a fist. I couldn't hardly close my hands. So I went to the doctor and then I also had the the rash. They said there's a rash that can be developed during pregnancy and that they said that's not what I had. And I don't remember the name of that, but it kind of like started on my stomach and it kind of moved to every part of my body, but it didn't stay in that one spot, which was really odd. And then I started developing some pain in my right upper quadrant right underneath my breast. And I thought it was only pushing because she was sitting up higher in me. So, and it, since being my first pregnancy, my husband and I didn't really know. We just thought it was her pushing up against me and it was just really uncomfortable. So, we didn't think about going in for that pain. But come to find out, one of some of the symptoms of help are headaches, swelling, right upper quadrant pain because due to your liver. And I had three of some of the symptoms that they look for. And then, my only way to check my liver enzymes obviously was to have blood work taken. And there's protein in your urine. So I had all that as well. 
Oh, what a journey. So then yes. you, you delivered the babies by C-section, and then how long were you in that kind of intense care before they realized, okay, you were going to come through this, you were going to be okay? Um, it was, I think, the first 24 hours after delivery, um, I was still being watched very closely, still getting blood taken every, like, three to four hours, just to check my levels. And once everything started kind of settling down and I was coming off of all the anesthetics and sedations, they were asking me, being able to ask me more questions and I started feeling better. And I was more worried about my, my babies at that point. But when I was in the delivery and the few days I stayed before I delivered the twins, I had a nurse in my room 24 hours a day. And that's very, very uncommon being in the hospital with pregnancies it because I was so sick they had to watch me to make sure because with the help or um, preeclampsia you can develop seizures and thankfully I did not they had to watch me very closely to make sure I wasn't having all that stuff happen and you were brought to Swedish in Seattle from Everett because Seattle is a place that has the NICU unit is that correct um, Everett has a NICU as well. I believe most hospitals do, but Swedish has a more intensive care NICU that are able to handle babies being born so prematurely. So the twins were considered micropremies, and most babies cannot live if they're born before 23, 24 weeks because they don't have their developmental in utero yet. And so that's why they delivered transfer me down to Swedish so I myself and the babies could get the best care possible to help to see if they could survive and get through the birth process. And the very, you know, the days afterwards were very scary as well for them. Well, they were so tiny. It's it's hard to imagine them being just yeah. a little more than a pound. We think about holding a pound of butter and Exactly. Yes. So they were in the NICU, and then a challenge developed for Gunner, right? Correct. Yes. So when they were rushed upstairs, they both, and both babies, we all had huge care teams. So each baby had a nurse, a doctor, well, more than one nurse, like two or three nurses, and a doctor bouncing back and forth between two of them. And so thankfully, we were able to get in a room in the NICU that they were in the same room. Swedish has an open room system, so there's four to six beds or possibly even more in each little unit. Um, and they were able to be next to each other. But when they were up, when they got them upstairs, they were placing like an IV pick line into Gunner and his veins were so tiny that the smallest one that they had almost didn't work. So when that was happening, he developed a blood clot Mm -hmm. and it settled into his right lower leg and it started making it so that obviously there was no blood flow and his leg, his foot and his leg, lower leg tissue started to die. And, you know, we've learned that then later that same day that they were born that he would eventually probably lose his leg because of it. Mm Or at least from, they didn't know at one point, like, if it was just going to be below the knee, above the knee, or how much they were really watching that closely. So. Oh, so 
one trauma on top of another trauma. Correct. And Anna Lee was holding her own. Yes. I mean, she was very tiny as well. She was bigger than Gunner. We had some meetings with the nurses. A NICU nurse came down to talk to us because they wanted to kind of explain to us what was happening. Because we knew we would be delivering the twins within the next week once we got admitted down at Swedish. We had a nurse come down and talk to us. And she was like, it's kind of sad, but there's a thing that they say about, it's like a wimpy white boy syndrome. Like the white Caucasian males that are born super early premature have a harder time with the process. So it was kind of funny. We kind of laughed about that at one point, you know, like him being a little wimpy white boy. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like you, you just kind of kind of got to laugh. But Annalie definitely was bigger. And, you know, that little bit of like three ounces is huge when the, your babies are that tiny. So the comparison to the two, I mean, she looked so much bigger than him. But, you know, they were both having to have oxygen and the CPAP, oxygen, ventilators, back and forth. She was able to feed within a couple of days. My milk actually produced, so I was able to give them breast milk, which was amazing. And Annalie definitely got more. Gunner got a little bit, but he was so sick with his leg and he was in so much pain that he wasn't really getting much milk at that point. So, But she was definitely holding her own, and we didn't really have as many concerns with her. So the NICU unit, how could we ever live without one because of all these really heroic things they do to support the babies, support the families too, but be able to take care of these infants so that they are able to grow as much as possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are we are so, so incredibly thankful for the Swedish NICU team and the Swedish in general because Without them, I wouldn't be here. And that, that's part of it, and too. It the just, mom. You know, yes, you mm-hmm. as the giving birth, your life was so hanging in the balance that it was, it was. obviously critical for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we are still close with several of the nurses that took care of our kids. So, you know, we have that bond that they became our family. I mean, we saw them every single day we were there. And the tough, oh, I mean, it's unbelievable how how hard this is that through this struggle, Gunner didn't make it. Gunner no. lost his life. Yes. Yes. So he um, just was fighting so hard, but with his leg, his foot ended up, his leg and under his right knee ended up turning black. Mm-hmm. And... The tissue was completely dead, and he developed MRSA because of the infection on his leg. And just so he was just very ill. He fought very, very hard, but he couldn't hold on. And he passed away at 34 days um, on March 31st. I am so sorry, Amy, to you, your family. What What a harsh thing to have to live through. You know, we have our ups and downs, and um, we're very open with Annalie about it. And she talks about Gunner all the time. And Gunner's middle name was Fox, and so we have Fox stuff everywhere (laughs) in our house. So we have a little Fox stuffed animal that she takes with her everywhere. And when we have family pictures done, he's in our pictures with us. Mm -hmm. So 
we definitely talk about him and remember him so deeply every single day. That is so beautiful. And I think, too, it's perhaps even deeper when it's twins that I'm not a twin, but I understand this from twins that there's such a deep, deep connection to honor and respect that with Anna Lee is just how important that is for her. Yes. I'm still learning and trying to understand the twin bond so I can help her through the process, but it definitely is, there's something there. So the day that he passed away, Annalise, her heart level just kept going up and down and up and down because she knew something wasn't right. So, you know, she could definitely tell something wasn't right with her brother and there was something going on. And, you know, unfortunately, because he had MRSA, we weren't able to put the kids together. Mm, Um, Yeah. So they never got to be together again after they were delivered because they were both so tiny and so sick. But the way she was, her response that day, you could definitely tell she knew something was happening, Mm. which is amazing. It is amazing and important for us to to really understand that that exists and and that you and, and her dad are respecting that and honoring that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love him so much and we, it's, a hard road for us some days, but you know, he, he's taught us a lot. He fought really, really hard. Mm. I don't know you except to have met you now, and it causes me real emotion. For you, it's still alive, and I'm sure this will be the case probably your entire life because it shows the love that's there for a tiny infant that didn't make it and and that love is so important to acknowledge yeah yep and now Anna Lee is six years old she is she's in kindergarten yeah Anna Lee ended up staying in the NICU for 134 days coming home July 5th of 2016 so she came home with a g-tube because she was very stubborn and just didn't want to take her bottle But thankfully, we didn't have to use the G-tube that much, so she was able to get it removed about a month before she turned one years old. But now she's kindergarten and still very stubborn, very sweet, the sweetest little thing ever, very determined on things that she likes to do and wants to do and learn. She's still pretty bitty. She's only about 40 pounds, but she's pretty tall within her class. You know, she's about the same height as all the other kindergartners, so she's got some Long stuff that we still watch very closely with a pulmonologist. She's got asthma, but you know, no long-term, really big health concerns with her. So we're really grateful for that. Because that is something that is rather common with a lot of premature births, that there are health issues that are associated with that. Yeah, that's right. correct. Yeah. Thankfully, she, I mean, she could have come home with oxygen too, especially being born at 24 weeks. Like that's, you know, their lungs are barely developed by that point. And, you know, she pulled through a lot. And we, you know, we kind of believe that Gunnar gave her that extra strength mm-hmm. yes. to kind of pull through and do as well as she is. Yours is just such an incredible story, Amy. I am just deeply touched by all of it, that you are so willing to share it. I think it's important to share these stories because it really shows what goes on in life in general. And then the kinds of things with a NICU unit, 
having the March of Dimes and the March for Babies where all of us can then support this important life-giving work that goes on uh, through the hospitals, through the NICU. It's only through stories that we can really, I think, get an understanding. So we want to invite people to come out to the walk, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are so excited this year because it is finally back in person. You know, with all the COVID stuff, um, it has not been in person since 2019. And this year... Instead of having a walk, individual walks for Snohomish King and Pierce County, they combined it all to one, and it will be held at the Woodland Park Zoo on May 14th. So we're super excited coming down to the zoo, and then you get to spend the day at the zoo afterwards. So you get kind of a, a win-win. You get to support us a fantastic cause, and you get to go have fun at the zoo, because who doesn't like to go to the zoo? So it'll be an amazing day. Really looking forward to it. A perfect family place and uh, perfect for you and your family and a chance for all of us to see how we are this greater family all pulling together. Well, I'm in awe of you, Amy Thorne. I am grateful that you're willing to be so open and, and sharing of your story. I just wish only the best for you and your husband, for Anna Lee, and for the spirit of Gunner just surrounding all of us that uh, it just is an important model for the future. So again, Amy, thank you for taking this time to give us this view into your life. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to to share our story, share our journey, um, as we like to call it, because it's it's never ending, right? So, you know, and I've learned that sharing our journey with other people has opened up other people that tell me that they've had a loss or um, a miscarriage or just something. So it's like you, and then I, it was people that I knew and I didn't have any idea that happened to them. So it's, it's really opened up my heart and my, you know, like me being open to talk to people about this, and it's it's helping me as the process as well. You just never know what people go through because sometimes it's it hurts to talk about it, but it's also good to talk about it. So we're thankful for the opportunity to be able to share our story with everybody as well, and to be again a part of such an awesome organization as March of Dimes is. Yes. Thank you for that awareness and for, again, the gift you provide us in sharing your story and letting us be part of it and learn. So again, many thanks, Amy Thorne. Thank you. Haley Statema is the Donor Development Manager for March of Dimes in the Puget Sound, and she's here with some details and the invitation for us to join in this important life-saving effort of the March for Babies. First, though, she shares with us a story somewhat similar to Amy's about another mother wanting to help others. We met a mom. She also lost a baby out of a twin set, but her surviving baby is still in the NICU. She's on day 267. And she's like, how can I get involved? How can I share our story? How can I make the world better for parents? And it's like, I don't know that I would be able to walk around, let alone talk in such an open way about that situation. So it's so powerful to see these mothers like Amy and like this other mother able to talk about it in such a passionate way so close to when it's happened. Yes, these stories really underscore the mission of March of Dimes Mm -hmm. and what March Mm -hmm. for Babies does and 
why we all are part of it. We may not be directly involved. We may never have had that happen, but still it's part of our world. And just Mm -hmm. to see all this good work going on is, we need to be part of it. Yeah. And so with that being the case, of course, there is the March for Babies that's coming up. So tell us about that, if you would, please, Haley. Yeah, so March for Babies is back with a whole new experience this year. Since we're back in person, we wanted to throw a bigger party than we had in previous years. And so we'll be at the Woodland Park Zoo on Saturday, May 14th. Gates will open at 8 a.m. and the day will end around 10.30. Participants will be encouraged to hang out at the zoo after the walk, and we're really excited and hoping that people bring out their whole families. But it's going to include a play place, a place to celebrate our NICU graduates, and another place to remember those that we have lost in the fight against prematurity. So um, it's going to be a really amazing day. And is this something that we should really uh, register in advance for, or can we just show up? We're encouraging the people to register in advance because they will get more information the day before in an email from us, but they are absolutely welcome to do walk-ups. And so how do we go about pre-registering? Or yeah, it's going to be marchforbabies.org forward slash event forward slash Western Washington. Great. So it's good to do that because that gives us access to a lot more important information. Also there, we will find that we can be part of the fundraising because fundraising is a really mm-hmm. critical part of this. Yes, absolutely. So uh, you can sign up at marchforbabies.com. And even if you aren't going to be coming to the walk, you can fundraise and it connects to Facebook. So if you are a person that's on Facebook, you can really easily share a fundraiser that way and it'll connect to your March for Babies account. And um, it's really important that people find and share like their connection to the mission, whether it's that you are a mom or a parent or you know someone that has struggled with infertility or pregnancy loss or maternal and infant health losses and things like that. Sharing your story will be why people want to participate and support you in your fundraising efforts. And it goes to supporting our overall goal of 334000 raised in Western Washington. And the thing about raising these funds that's so critical, I really, if I knew this, I certainly had forgotten that the statistics are really so high for premature births in, in the whole country, even here in the Northwest where we think we're so much healthier, but the statistics mm-hmm. are still really high, like one in 10, I think. Yeah, Washington State is a little bit better than the rest of the country. In Washington State, one in 12 babies is born early. And we know that women of color and people that are in difficult socioeconomic statuses also tend to go into labor early. But we know that prematurity affects everybody regardless of who they are. So we never know how we might be connected. There's this thing of six degrees Mm -hmm. of separation we perhaps know someone who knows someone. It's really a small community that way. And when we listen to Amy Thorne's story and her experience, you just never know when it might happen. And the fact that the NICU, that is kind of the place that receives so many of these funds, the NICU is so critical Mm -hmm. in the health of both the mothers and, of course, these little tiny babies that are born like at a pound weight. It's something that we 
truly should all want to be part of to make this better and healthier for everyone concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Nikki Family Support is a really great resource, and it really focuses on making sure that our parents don't feel alone. Going through being in the NICU with a baby is a really, really isolating experience. And so we come alongside them and offer them companionship, materials, and also try to build out a community within the NICU. Obviously, due to COVID, our normal activities have been difficult to maintain, but we're really excited to be gathering with our NICU families at the walk and to bringing back NICU baby showers when it is safe to do so as well. So perfect. So let's mention the website again, because if we can't make it to the walk, then let's be sure to be part of the support and making a donation in whatever amount is comfortable for us. Yes, absolutely. That website is marchforbabies.org forward slash event forward slash Western Washington. Well, Haley, I am so grateful that we've had this chance to speak with a mom who shared Mm -hmm. with us her just her heart-wrenching experience and for you to give us the details as to how we can be part of the support to make this all better. Yeah, absolutely. March of Dimes funds research, advocacy, support, and education around prematurity, birth defects, and infant and maternal loss. Thank you, Haley, for all this information. And all of us, let's band together to do what we can to support the work of the March of Dimes and eradicating premature births. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Haley Statema and Amy Thorne and Sunday Morning Magazine with Elaine Park. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate you sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of honoring life, honoring mothers, being a force of positive change in the world. Have a week of the same and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. And happy Mother's Day to all mothers.